Obviously, we are continuing in today's Mishnayomi, and we find ourselves in Perek Beis, Mishnayis Gimel through Dala, chapter 2 of Meseches Demai, Mishnayis 3 through 4. Mishnah Gimel says as follows, Hamakabal alav lihiyos chaver. So if you remember again, in Mishnah Beis, we spoke about a person who wanted to become what's called in Halacha a Ne'amon. Ultimately, again, a Ne'amon is someone who when you buy produce from him, you don't have to worry that you're getting Demai from him. Now this is a new level. In this new level, the individual wants to become a chaver. Now, a chaver is someone in general who is careful with tumantara. That's the that's the general just the general definition of a chaver. So the Bartanura says over here he quotes the idea that nishar leinyantaras the hainu parush v'yibegadav umashkim shalotorim someone who's very careful, very vigilant in the laws of ritual purity. So, what does one need to do in order to qualify as a chaver? So the Mishnah says, He doesn't sell any food to an Amaretz, whether the food is wet or dry. Now, what does it make a difference if food is wet or dry? Remember, again, we actually had this in Dafyomi today as well, that Halacha food item only becomes Ra'i Lekabal Tzumah, is only receptive to Tzumah if it comes in contact with liquid. Uh, again, there are more intricacies to that, but for our purposes today, that's enough. So the, he doesn't sell produce to an whether it's wet or that it's dry. Now, the idea behind this is because if it's wet and he sells it to an Amaretz, an Amaretz, an unlearned person, is generally not careful or vigilant with the laws of Tumantara, and so he's setting up food items to go ahead and become tame. Now, even though this only applies with food that has become wet, not the food that's dry, but nevertheless, again, the rabbis decreed that a, what we call a low plug. In other words, that if a person wants to hold himself to this higher standard, he doesn't go ahead and sell any food item to an Amaris, whether it is wet or dry. And he doesn't purchase any food that has become wet from an Amaretz, again, out of the concern that once it's become wet, it's become receptive to to become tame, to tumma, and therefore, again, maybe the Amaretz, who generally is assumed to be in a state of tumma, touched it, and thereby would render the produce tame. And he does not allow himself to be the guest in the home of an Amaretz, because again, that could lead to tumma. And furthermore, again, the, the person who wants to be a chaver does not have the Amaretz as a guest when the Amaretz is wearing his own clothing. Now, what's the logic behind this? Logic behind this is because the clothing of an Amaretz is assumed to be tame as well. Rabbi Hudan Biyuda says, Now, here's what's interesting. Up until this point in time, in order to become a chaver, so the Mishnah speaks about the different stringencies one has to take upon themselves regarding the laws of Tum and Tara, ritual purity and impurity. Rabbi Huda adds on an additional list of items. He says, You also cannot go ahead and raise small domestic animals. So this is a different halacha that the Gemara says one is not supposed to raise small domestic animals, sheep, goats, out of a concern that those animals will go to graze on, those animals normally go out to graze. So they may come to graze on the field of others, causing others to suffer a loss. So Rabbi Huda says, if you really want to be a chaver, you even adapt certain stringencies in terms of monetary law. A person should not go ahead. A paritz means you act in a wanton fashion. A person should not act in a wanton fashion regarding nedarim, making vows. In other words, 
to be a chaver, you have to take your words very seriously. And one of the ways in which a person demonstrates taking their words seriously is they don't just vow for no reason. Or b'schok, a person does not go ahead and act in a jocular fashion. Right? The person jokes around all the time. These are considered to be behaviors that are of a more, you know, frivolous nature. And so if a person does them, clearly they're not the status of a chaber. He should not go ahead and allow himself to become tome by attending to the dead. Now here's what's interesting. Now, now what's wrong with becoming tome? So remember again, technically speaking, if a person becomes tame, the only way to extract themselves from, or to change that status is with the ashes of the paraduma. So the Bartanur says that since the ashes are not always available, a person has to be careful. Meshav Shebeis HaMedrash is actually pretty amazing. Meshav Shebeis HaMedrash means, and to be a chaber, you have to learn to go ahead and serve Talmidi Chachamim, Torah scholars in the Beis HaMedrash. In other words, to be a chaber, it's not just enough to learn, but one has to have a relationship and exposure to great Torah scholars as well. Amru lo, so the Rabbanam said to Rabbi Yehuda, lo bo el These last things that you added on are not necessary for a chaver. In other words, even the Rabbanam will agree that these last items stated, you know, don't raise a behemadaka, don't be frivolous with your vows or with the way you speak. These are all important things, but the status of a chaver is directly related to Tuma and Tara. So, be, so it's only a person who takes on extra stringencies with Tuma and Tara that's the kind of person ultimately, again, or those are the behaviors necessary in order to make someone a chaber. Incredible. We go on now to Mishnah Dalit. Hanach Tumin. So now what's interesting is as follows. We know that we were introduced in this Mishnah to the Halach of Demai. And the Halach of Demai says that when you go ahead and you separate out, oh, I'm sorry, when you purchase produce from an Amma Aretz, you have to retithe it. You have to act with the assumption that they have not properly tithed it. The Mishnah now says there are exceptions to this rule. For example, bakers. Now, a Nachtum is not like a person who is baking for his own needs, but someone who runs a business. So someone who runs a business and he is a baker, the rabbis did not obligate him to separate everything, rather only true and Chala. And the idea that Bartanur explains why is that. So remember again, Shumas Meiser. Shumas Meiser is the portion ultimately again that the Levi would give to the Kohen. And ultimately Chala is the portion that you would take from the dough. So you don't have to take any, you don't have to retake any of the other tides. And the reason for that is because the Bartanur explains generally bakers would go ahead and make a very small profit. So because they would go ahead and make a very small profit, at the end of that, actually, the Bartanura says that they were taxed. Since they were often forced to sell at a steep discount, they made very little money in general. So because they made such little money, Chazal, the rabbis, relaxed the laws of demai regarding the bakers. But shopkeepers, shopkeepers are not permitted to go ahead and sell demai. In other words, they would have to retithe the produce they purchased from an Amaretz. And the reason the Bartanur says, they make a lot of money. So because they make a lot of money, they could afford to go ahead and retithe the produce. This is an interesting case. Literally, it means whoever sells in large measure, which means any person who sells large quantities of produce at once is permitted to sell demai, meaning that they don't have to retithe any produce they go ahead and 
purchase on the Amaris. Now, what's the logic behind this? The logic behind this, <coughs> excuse me, is the Bartunur says, People who sell in large measure were generally very generous with their measurements. So the because they sold in large measure, the purchaser often benefited from it. So because they were generous with the measures they dispensed, ultimately, again, the rabbis relaxed the need to retithe the my produce. What are some examples of people who sell in a large measure and therefore again would not be obligated to retithe the my produce? Kigon hasitonos umochre tivua. Examples are sitonos are wholesalers and mochre tivuos are grain sellers. So these are people who when they sell would sell in large measure and because they were giving the buyer the extra benefit of the additional measure, the rabbis relaxed the laws of demai and did not require them to re-tithe produce purchased from an Amharit. Wonderful. Shkayach, everyone, will stop over here for today. We'll pick up Amir Tashem with Mishnayis Hey and Vav tomorrow. Wishing everyone a wonderful day.